jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungy leaps and into the end zone for Dungy. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for oh! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive, and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. You know the number by now, 315-437-7644. You can also text us at 315-288-0644. Just one guest lined up for you today. The Hall of Famer Floyd Little set to join us at the top of hour number two as he does uh, at 1 o'clock every Monday throughout the college football season. We want to talk a lot of SU football today. Uh, not the end result we were expecting Saturday at Heinz Field as Pitt outscores the Orange, wins in overtime 44-37. And Seth, I, I didn't think Syracuse would suffer a, a more difficult loss to swallow than the one we saw a week ago at Clemson. And, and you know, that was the third-ranked team in the country at the time. It was on the road. It was a chance to be first place in the ACC, a chance to be ranked for the first time since 2001, a chance to have, it's okay to say, the inside track to go to the ACC championship game and they let it slip away. They let a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter evaporate. Just could not stop the run. And I didn't think they were going to suffer another loss that was more difficult to swallow than that one. And then a week later, I think they did. Because of everything that was on the table. You heard Tommy just talk about the fact they lost all of their votes in the AP poll. They were If they won that game against a team, frankly, they should have beaten. They were better than Pitt. And I think we saw that the first five minutes of the game. It was easy to see how much better they were than Pitt. They win that game. They are ranked. They go in to the bye week at 5-1. and one. They have a week off. Everything that we talked about last week, there was so much on the table. Not that there wasn't in the Clemson game, but it, it felt like even with that loss, there was so much on the table that was there for the taking. And, and yeah, the Tigers are good, and they, they beat you in part because they have so much talent, and they figured it out in that game. It, it's hard to look at this pit game, though, and to... To satisfy it in your mind, how they lost. Like they were no, so much better than that team. There's no explanation for it. There, there really isn't. And to the point that you're making, this is this almost feels like a worse loss. For, I don't think for, there's any doubt Syracuse about it than Pittsburgh. And, and I'm not sure. You know, as you said, I'm not sure there's much of a question because at least at least Clemson's talented. <laughs> like at, at least Clemson's got those five-star recruits. At least that third-string quarterback they're bringing in was still, you know, a three, four-star recruit out of high school. It, Pitt doesn't. Pitt's not talented. Pitt's not good. The only player on that team that you had to worry about was Quadriolison. And guess what? You didn't do. You didn't worry about Quadriolison. Like how do you how do you mess that up? Like it's it's unbelievable. We talked about this last week, and I said there's not a matchup in this game that I care about other than. 
running the ball against this Syracuse run defense. And the one thing that they didn't pay any attention to was Quadriolison running the ball. And Quadriolison ran all over them and couldn't be stopped and looked like Leonard Fournette and looked like uh, Travis Etienne and looked like these running backs that are so much better than he is. And yet, here we are. He runs for 200 yards and, and Pitt gets the win in a game that, quite frankly, they, they shouldn't have even been in. That shouldn't have been a close game. We saw Syracuse come out of the gates. We saw them put 14 points up on the board in a blink of an eye. That shouldn't have been a close game. And not only did it end up as a close game, it ended up in a loss. And I think that if Syracuse had won in any way, shape, or form, had they just not allowed that field goal, uh, that, that you know, the, the end of the game, and not allowed the game to get tied at the end of regulation— then I think they get into the poll anyway. Yes. Like, it it, do, it didn't matter how they won yesterday because so many other teams lost. They would have snuck into the back end of the poll. Yes. It it didn't matter. And, and I think that that is the thing that you come away from that game losing the most. Now, things are still in front of you. You can still go and get to a bowl game and, and accomplish that and get to six wins for the first time in five years. And, and you know, do you can still do things. But I don't know that you're going to have that opportunity to get back into the top, the top 25 again this year unless you go rip off like four wins in a row here. Now, could they? Sure, maybe they can. But I don't know that, that's a, that there's a, a great chance of that happening. And I think that ultimately one of the big goals that you want to check off and one of the big things that you want to check off of your list is getting back in the top 25 because you haven't done it in 17 years. So going to a bowl game would be a great step forward. But when you were so close to that doorstep when you were knocking and you were right there i think that's a tough thing to lose potentially if they win the next two they'd be six and two nc state is ranked that would be a good win. it would be a good win and then you would look at their overall body work and you could say six and two their first loss was to clemson in a game that they very easily could have won on the road at clemson and the second loss was in overtime, you know, on the road at Heinz Field. And so maybe you get in that way. However, that's to say, you know, if they beat Carolina and North Carolina State. And right now, North Carolina and North Carolina State are seeing how how easy it is to run the football on the orange. Right. And the blueprint is out there, how to beat this team. I mean, I get it that Clemson did it in one quarter, but... Pittsburgh did Pittsburgh it for did it in four. for four quarters Plus. and just and it was it was relentless and it was even though they fell behind fourteen nothing they stuck with the game plan and Syracuse frankly allowed them back into that game the long run by Olison makes it fourteen seven then you know yes bad break on the Dungy fumble it was a late whistle it seems like it should have been forward progress was stopped and it should have been also, a fumble but that's also a play that shows you why you if that play goes differently that's also one of those oh we love Eric Dungy for that play right. That, that's why you love Eric Dungy, because he's not giving up. He's moving his feet. He's going to keep pushing the pile. He's going to keep pushing forward for that extra yard, except, oh, it cost him a touchdown. That was unfortunate, because that obviously the momentum swung at that point, and Syracuse just could not stop the run the rest of the way. Now, the rain delay, you know, you could say, remember a couple of years ago when they played Wake Forest in the hurricane, say, well, if, if, that day, if that game was played in any other day, Syracuse probably beats Wake Forest. But it was in a hurricane, the, you know, they couldn't throw the ball, the, the conditions were awful two years ago, and Syracuse lost down at Wake Forest. You know, you could point to this and say, well, it was a fluky day and there was that rain delay. The I rain delay actually helped them. I don't yeah. think there's any question about <laughs> it. The rain delay helped them, and it, it allowed them to, you know, kind of get back on track coming out you know they were reeling at that point uh after the long touchdown they were able to to kind of settle down and you know then they rip off 17 straight points coming out of the rain delay so you can't blame it on the rain delay you can't blame it on the officials this was a case where 
And and this isn't even, you know, did Syracuse come out flat or did they overlook him? That, it wasn't even that case either. I mean, they, they came just out strong. played terribly. They just, you know. They were just bad. Dungy was off. You know, they, they had three turnovers. Uh, and the defense just could not could not stop the run. So when I say you know they could be ranked if they beat Carolina and NC State, um, I am less confident, obviously, that they will be able to beat NC State uh, based on on what we saw and based how a, a subpar opponent was able to look so good. I mean, the fact that Pitt put up forty four points, I realize one touchdown was in overtime, even thirty seven. You know, Syracuse scored 37 points against that team. That should have been more than enough. When we gave our predictions, I think I said like 31 17. You, I said, yeah. And if I you told me Syracuse yeah. was going to score 37 points, I would have said, you know, they win this thing by two touchdowns. Now, I think that's one of the interesting problems here. And, and it brings up a point that I thought of immediately following the game. The offense wasn't very good, right? The offense struggled a lot. The offense looked out of sync. And this is a larger point that we can talk about with Eric Dungey in a little bit. But. The offense looked out of sync for most of the day. The offense didn't look so great. They still scored 37 points. The offense was far from the problem in this game. But at the same time, when you needed a score, they couldn't go get it. Right? When you when you really needed points, they couldn't go get it. At the end of the game, when they needed to go and, and score a touchdown to win in, in that overtime period, you throw an interception on the final play. And I'm not blaming the offense for this game, not in a long shot, because this game's on the defense, and this game's on the fact that you couldn't stop Quadriolis and that you let up two uh, 100-yard rushers, that you, ju- you could not stop anything against a bad offensive team. But it, this is a weird place to be in with this offense, isn't it? Like it, it feels like a weird spot. It feels so similar to last year, but I, I don't understand how how an offense can look so good at times and look so bad at times. And and I like you look at that game and you're like, oh, the total offensive numbers, the the yardage, the the points. Wow, that should have been a good offensive game. I don't feel like that was a good offensive game. I don't think it was bad either, though. You just used the term bad. I don't think it was a bad. I think offensive they were bad game. at times. Eric Dungy did not play his best, and the three no. turnovers speak to that. Um, the the thing that bothered me, and we talked about this going into the game when we gave our keys to victory on Friday. I said, when you're in a position to score touchdowns, you, you got to score touchdowns. You can't settle for field goals. And I I love Andre Schmidt. You you know that I love what this kid is doing as a redshirt freshman. Um, but he had a 33 yard field goal and a 29 yard field goal, and that that's great. But anytime it's like less than 40 yards. You should be scoring touchdowns in those situations, obviously. I mean, the 33-yarder means that it it was what? It was... Uh, you were on like the 14-yard line. Right, yeah. 15-yard 15 line. 15-yard line. I'm trying to do... I'm trying to subtract 18 in my head from 33. I apologize. It's a Monday. Uh, same thing with, the you know, on the 29. You're essentially at the 11, 12-yard line, and you got a 29-yard field goal. And, you know, You've that, be that last one in particular... The last one in particular looked like there was a miscommunication between Dungy and, and, uh, and Taj Harris, uh, you know, down near the goal line. He throws it away. They have to settle for a field goal. And so they go up 34... To 27 there with 11 minutes to go instead of you know tacking on a touchdown at that point you know and and really making it I don't want to say impossible for Pitt to come back but now you're up 38 27 now you need two touchdowns if you're Pitt or a touchdown two-point conversion in a field goal but you make it awfully difficult on Pitt you score a touchdown there that could have been the knockout blow so just like the week before against Clemson when we said it really it came down to one play like if the fourth down play went went differently for Syracuse and there was no ineligible man downfield they probably win if Clemson's fourth down play goes differently they certainly win uh, same thing happened right I mean if you know if, if that's a touchdown they probably win I don't look no I don't I don't look at this game the same that way. I don't. And there was a fourth down play by Pitt. I don't look at the Pitt game that way, though. I I look at the Clemson game like that because I think the Clemson game was a game that 
you know, they they actually played well, and and they you know they they played well enough to win that I, game. Like I don't hang on, hang and, on. and I I'm guess not, that's why on, I'm on, viewing it that way. Hang on, I'm not saying Syracuse played as good against Pitt as they did against Clemson. No, I'm no, saying no, I know that it literally it. It did literally come down to one but play. I, but if any one play goes differently in that fourth quarter, know, you could Syracuse that, wins the game. But you could say that about any one possession game. I don't look at the Pittsburgh game as a game that came down to one play. I if Syracuse stops fourth and three, hang on. It if came Syrac- down to a lot more things than one than one singular play. If Syracuse stops fourth and three on the Wildcats, is the game over? Probably. No, not probably. The game is over. I mean, there was two minutes okay, to but, go in the game. Okay, but... But that one play is the is is what they couldn't do the entire game. Exactly, that's my point. Is that it? it I, so I'm not going to say it came down to one play when you allowed 300 something rushing yards. It didn't get like then, yes. Then how did it come down to one play the week before? Because I th- I think they were I think they were different scenarios. Are they not? I, I don't think you don't think those were. Di- I thought those were different games, situations. The games played themselves out exactly the same way. Syracuse led by ten points early in the fourth quarter against Clemson. Couldn't stop the run. Clemson comes back and wins. If any one of those plays goes differently, if they get one extra stop, they win the game. This week it was a seven point game early in the fourth quarter. They couldn't stop the run. You know, Pitt had a fourth down and three. Clemson had a fourth and six with essentially the same amount of time left. You stop either of those two plays, the game is over. You get if you get one stop down the stretch of that game, you win. To me, the scenarios. I'm not saying they played as well. I'm saying the scenarios were identical. They were. They were very similar games. I, I give you that. I I don't look at the Pitt game as one that came down to a singular play. I look at the Clemson game as one that did. I don't know if that's just that's probably just me looking at the game the wrong way. But I I don't look at that game Saturday as a game that came down to one play. I look at that as a game that was poorly played the entire time, and that they made so many mistakes over the course of that game that it shouldn't have even been that close. And so that, that's so, fine to so, say. So yeah, maybe, yes. So yeah, maybe if they make one stop at the end, that game goes differently. But I don't see that. game game as a hey you were you were in that game and and one play changes things the way that it did Clemson Clemson they were playing like and and I'm not saying you said they played well Saturday or that they played the they same did not effort play level. Well I'm not Saturday. I'm not me, saying that let me get that I'm, out there. I'm not saying that at all but I look at the game a week ago against Clemson and I say they played well they did everything right until a point and then things went wrong at one point I don't look at the same I don't look at this game Saturday the same way. Things went wrong the entire day. So to me to to pinpoint on one play and say, "Hey, even with everything that went wrong, you make that one stop, it came down to that play." Like I don't I don't think it still came down to that one play. See, okay, we're we're saying the same thing but in different ways. With everything that went wrong, that's that's precisely what I'm saying. With everything that went wrong, they still were in position to win that game. That's why I don't point to the offense and say, well, you know, the offense was bad. The offense did enough to win this game. They scored 37 they points. And what I'm saying is, is if, if the offense had, you know, to your point, if they had played good and if they had scored a touchdown on that drive early in the fourth quarter instead of selling for a field goal, they win that game. I, I'm convinced that they do. And even as poorly as they played, fourth and three, they give it to Darren Hall in the Wildcat, and he picks up you know three and an inch. Uh, if that goes differently, Syracuse absolutely wins the game. There was like two minutes to go or whatever, however much time was left uh, when Darren Hall ran that play. Syracuse wins the game. And and then they're 5-1, and one, and everything we talked about, everything that was on the table, they're able to achieve that. They get in the top 25, they hit their bye week, you know, nine wins is on the table, a, a quality bowl game is on the table, and now it feels like all of that, again, it, the, the bowl game doesn't disappear, but that idea that this could have been a, a special season, 
it feels like that is off the table now. It does. At least at least for the for the time being. And to your point, you said, I don't know if they can get back there. Now, obviously, if they, you know, beat NC State and Notre Dame, we're talking about them being ranked. But it is they were right on the verge of, of getting into the top twenty five. Now they've lost all their votes in the AP poll. And it almost feels like you know, you're you're pushing that boulder up the hill, and then just when you're about to get up, you know, to the top of the hill, it rolls back down, and that, that's that's what it feels like with Syracuse football right now. Is they were right on the verge of getting in the top 25, and this was a wasted opportunity, a missed opportunity, and that's why, to me anyway, it seems like it's harder to swallow than the Clemson one because at least you could say, well, Clemson is Clemson, right? Pitt is you not very good. Cle- you and can you, look at Clemson and say, hey, they're good, and you look back on this Pitt game. Pitt. No, you look back on this Pitt game and. and I, I I have to imagine when they were watching the, the game film yesterday as a team, I have to imagine they're kicking themselves saying we are so much better than that team. I can't believe we lost. They showed like they, they at times they were the better team on the field. You could see how much better they were. Um they just did it for like five minutes instead of forty five of the sixty minutes. And this not being able to stop the run is a problem because it's a huge problem. Everybody obviously sees it and everybody's gonna try to attack it. And, you know, can you exploit the other team's weakness? Isn't that Pretty much what the game of football comes down to, you identify another team's weakness, and once you, and or once, can you do your strength better than the other team can do their strength? Well, and, and more importantly, once you get a weakness on tape, right, right, that's my you, point. You know, when, and, once you get a weakness on tape, guess what? Everybody is going to do to you. And SU's weakness happens to fall in the hands of what Pitt's strength is. Pitt's strength is running the football, and yes, so that was. was a bad combination. And Clemson didn't really, you know. They, they weren't all that concerned about running the football, didn't commit themselves to running the football until Trevor Lawrence got hurt. And then they committed themselves to run the football, and then we saw what happened. They were right. able to win the game. So this is a concern because, obviously, the the other six opponents that are on SU schedule see this. Well, now do nothing but run And now the they're going to try to exploit that weakness. 315-437-7644. Again, uh, phone lines open the entire first hour. We want to hear from you on this loss by the Orange. Now 4-2, bowl game still very much on the table. Uh, that special season, though, seems like it's off the table, at least for the time being. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. In, and this uh, this inability to stop the run, uh, Seth, it's, it's even worse than the than the stats would indicate. You look at the final stats, uh, Pitt had 265 net rushing yards. Remember in college, they take away any sack total. So uh, Kenny Pickett lost 29 yards on four carries uh, because of, of sacks. So that that brought the total down and the, the average per rush down. If you look at just the two running backs, you look at Quadre Olsen and, and Darren Hall, uh, they ran for a combined 200 and... Uh, Oh, yeah, right. 299 yards. Had to check my math there on 41 carries. That works out to 7.3 yards per rush. 7.3 yards per rush. Not good. That is not good. And that is a concern. And you had Travis Etienne the the week before go for a career high. They could not stop him. And the two headed monster of of Hall and Olsen uh, essentially ran for 300 yards. This is now two weeks in a row. and, And I said this before I don't know how you're not ready for that. I don't know well, how. I don't, like, know, I don't it, know how you're not. Se- I shouldn't say not ready. I don't know how you're not selling out for the run now. Now for six straight quarters because you knew that Clemson was never going to throw the ball with with Chase Bryson until they absolutely needed to, and then guess what? They needed to, and they beat you on it. Congratulations! But 
Like this week too, Kenny Pickett's not good. Kenny Pickett is not a threat to go throw the ball. I'm I'm surprised that you you don't just sell out to stop the run and just put everybody in the box and dare Kenny Pickett to beat you. And if he beats you, okay, then you adjust. Yeah, and I guess that's why I say, you know, I would assume they were ready for it. I mean, obviously, they knew what Pitt wanted to do, and they they knew what Clemson just did to them. I, I, I'm sure that they they knew it was coming. They just couldn't stop it. And, and that's almost more concerning, right? It's less concerning if you're caught off guard by something, and you're like, oh, okay, well, we, we need to fix that, so we'll go back to the drawing board, and now we got a bye week, and, and we'll figure out how to stop that. They knew it was coming, and they couldn't stop it, which is is concerning. And that goes back to, again, the, the inexperience at linebacker, although now you're six games in, and it's you, know, you, you can't really point to the inexperience anymore because those guys have six games under their belts. So they, they have to figure it out. They have to figure out how to stop the run. They have not done that the last two games, and it's it's cost them uh, two victories, frankly. And in, and in some situations, they've been in the right places, uh, right? I mean, how many times on Saturday did it look like the, the defender was at least in the right spot, was at least where they were supposed to be, and then they just couldn't tackle. And you can't wrap up and bring a guy down. And and that's a that's a larger problem than than not knowing the scheme. I, right? I I mean I don't know you I don't know what you do about missed tackles. I don't know what you do about just not being able to wrap guys up and bring them down. And and that's that's still a problem that we're seeing with this team. Yeah, that first we knew that from week one. That first long touchdown by by Olison, uh, I believe it was Cisco and Bradshaw that both missed tackles uh, on that play, and and he took it to the house. And they obviously had the the long pass play, uh, you know, coming out of the locker room to start the second half. And um, you know those things can't happen. And and for the most part, aside from that third quarter against Western Michigan, the defense had done a nice job eliminating those huge plays, those, you know, 60, 70-yard touchdowns. We hadn't really seen that. And then Olsen ripped, rips off that 69-yard touchdown run, and, and then Pickett had the, the long 68-yard pass coming right out of the locker room to start the second half. And that that's that's something they had eliminated, and now all of a sudden it's a concern part. again. Right. For the most part, they had eliminated that. And whether that was because Wagner and UConn couldn't hit them but in Clemson Florida State is bad, Clemson but Clemson didn't, didn't do it either. Didn't do it either. Right. And so they had, we, we thought they had eliminated it. We thought they were past that. Uh, it looked like the defense was better through five games. And now you have all the same questions about the defense that you had at the end of last year. See, coming out of the Clemson game, I, I looked at that and I said, the defense got tired. That's and what I thought. Syracuse had three first downs in the second half. They were on the field for a lot of time in that second half. It was hot. Clemson dedicated itself to the run, and they just couldn't stop him. But I thought, by and large, you know, up until the fourth quarter, defense played well, right? Defense played well. Offense didn't do many favors. They were on the field a lot. They wore down. Okay, that's I get I, it. That's why I say through five weeks, you were probably feeling pretty good about your defense, and now you question it again. Right, and that's right. Now yeah, This it, pit it, game was concerning. Now, it's like you, you just picked off the scab, and, and it's exactly where it was six weeks ago, where you have no idea what's going to happen. It's it's concerning. That that performance on Saturday was concerning on yes. a lot of levels. Uh, to the phone lines we go, 315-437-7644. Uh, Scooter and Jamesville kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Scooter. Hey, guys. Uh, still not sure about Dungy's shoulder or whatever. It seems like when he misses, it's usually short. He's short. It's been short happening a lot of throws. And you know, people haven't really talked too much about the drive. We all talk about the fourth down play. But remember that the two two downs before that, he short hopped the, uh, the running back in the flat. If he, if, he, if he hits him, it's probably a first down. If we don't need the fourth down. And it just seems like everything's coming up, uh, you know, short. Uh, and there hasn't been an official word of how serious the shoulder injury, but 
it just seems to me that there's no vertical game. And I've mentioned it a couple times that you've got to have a threat of vertical or they're going to just sit on these short these short uh, routes and sooner or later, it hasn't happened yet, but they're going to start picking some, uh, especially get the easy pick six if you, you, know, you actually start jumping the short routes. But to me, that's the concerning part I got on the offense. The other thing is still the M.O. I don't know what the M.O. of this team is. It seems that we're trying to get physical in the running attack, and yet don't we have supposedly – uh, we're supposed to recruit uh, offensive linemen to actually run the the, the uh, spread offense. I mean, you know, uh, basically, I assume that uh, Pittsburgh, if they're going to run the ball the way they do, they're going to go after the big jumbo guys, and they're supposed to knock people off the line of scrimmage. And that's their MO, but uh, how well do they pass protect? And I thought Syracuse was in quarterback's face the whole game. In fact, to be honest with you, if I was a Pittsburgh fan at the end of, at the end of the game where Pittsburgh's up, I couldn't believe the play call in Pittsburgh. How many times they ran on first down for 14 or 11 yards? The very next play, they passed the ball, and if they're incomplete, they lost yards, then try to run on second down to put their quarterback in third and long situations. And that's how I thought Syracuse got back in the game. And basically, I just don't, you know, the offense, to me, I just thought maybe you know, playing Central Florida the week before, at least they had two weeks to look at the spread offense. It didn't look like Syracuse outside that one long pass that, probably was incomplete. They just didn't look like they can go downfield, and I think that's going to be a big concern, you know, uh, coming up in the next six games. Yeah, they'll they'll take a shot here and there. We saw it the week before against Clemson when they, they threw essentially that, that same pattern just on the other sideline to Taj Harris where he bobbled it and was able to haul it in, and then this one to Custis that you, you're right. he didn't actually catch? He, he didn't actually, well, he caught it. Just, well, he, was he, didn't of, actually, he was right. out of bounds by the time that he, you know, he had possession of it. A great job by them to get up to the line and, and snap it, although Pat Narduzzi was going to lose his mind because he said he was calling timeout and, and didn't get it. Uh, in that situation, but yeah, they'll. It's a fair observation, Scooter, about Dungy. And you said we we haven't gotten official, you know, word on his his injury, how bad it is. We're, We're not, not going, going to, to. Uh, because the coaches don't want anybody to know. Eric Dungy doesn't want anybody to know. Um, you know, Dino Babers has said it's a, it's an owie that it's you know it's it's been bothering him, but he can play through it. It's a fair observation about the you know throwing it short um, and not taking a lot of shots downfield. Although that's not necessarily what this offense is all about. This offense is about fast. It's about getting your playmakers in space and you know letting them do their thing. And so they're, they're very good at that, but it is lacking the deep ball. Uh, and and they'll, need, they'll and take a shot here and there, but not all that often. And you do need that. I mean, you, you need to be able to stretch the field both ways, sideline to sideline and end zone to end zone. I, I know that that's a, that's, a, that's a thing in the spread offense. They want to, spread, they want to stretch the field in, in both directions, and, and right now you're just not able to. Um, it brings up a point about Eric Dungey, and I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Um, are you surprised that there's there's no there's no gray in his game? Like he's either really good or really bad, right? Like he's he's like on one end of the spectrum, and it could swing in the middle of a game. But it, the, the, it doesn't seem like we've found the equilibrium yet of like what's what's just like the the good Eric Dungey, right? It's it's three turnovers in a half, but then the you know in, in another half he he's playing well. So he, I I don't think we found that middle ground yet and he's a senior. I, I find that weird. It's interesting you should say that because I think if there was ever a game where he was gray as you put it, like this one? over the over the totality of the game, it was this one. I mean, he finished with three touchdowns and three turnovers and they don't 
they don't score 37 points without, without Eric Dungy running Absolutely. the show. But then, you know, the obviously the way the game ended, you know, he underthrows his receiver, Nikeem Johnson, in the end zone in the overtime, and they pick it off, and, and that's the end of the game. So he did some good things. He did some bad things. To me, like, this was a gray game for Eric Dungy, especially early on. Like, he was he was terrific those first two drives. Right. I mean, that first drive where they marched that was down the field. unbelievable. I mean, that was that's what this offense is all about. It was 11 plays. It was 75 yards. Took four minutes off the clock. They just marched down the field and put it in the end zone. And then they got the short field off of the turnover. And they just, you know, five plays later, they're in the end zone again. It's 14 nothing. He was fantastic early on, and he did some really good things to get him back in it. Um, but he also, you know, he had the the fumble that turned into a touchdown. He had a, a interception where he just did not see the linebacker, threw it over the middle right to him, and then the interception that that ended the game. Um, so there was some good, there was some bad, and and yeah, the, this wasn't black and white. This was this was a gray game for Eric Dungy, in my opinion. Like you, you want to say what what's a gray game from him? It's it's. I think it, we just saw it on Saturday. It's in, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, I, yes. Over the totality of that game, I guess in in general, that's that's a gray game. But I, I I find it we like. I guess I guess I'm looking more more quarter to quarter or, or or short term. It seems like there's not much in between. It's it's it seems polar. And and yes, over the course of the game, that evens out. You you just said a moment ago. You said the the swings in how he plays. You know, he'll be playing good for a quarter and then make some mistakes. And isn't it amazing? And you know, I in terms of like covering a football team, it's Syracuse football is what I've covered for the last 20 years. So I, I'm not comparing this to other programs around the country, but in terms of, of the product that we've seen on the field for the last 20 years, like the swings in a Dino Babers game, like they, they are pendulum swings. They, right. I mean, you are never out of the game and you never yeah. have the game wrapped up. Like you think Western Michigan, you think the game is over. It's 31 to seven. And then all of a sudden, you know, the other team makes this run and you're in a little bit of trouble. And now you're up against the ropes and then you battle back. And, you know, we saw in this pit game, Syracuse looked like he was going to run away with it. Then Pitt responds. It looks like the game's over, that Pitt's going to run away with it. Then the rain delay comes. Syracuse responds. There are so many momentum changes. They like, didn't... I know there's momentum changes in the game of football on a regular basis, but they're, they are so wide swinging from one direction to the other in a, in a Dino Babers coach game. Do you, I mean, do you notice that? Does yeah, it feel absolutely. Like, that? like it feels yes. like the game is never over. There weren't this either mom- way. There the game is this, never over. There weren't this many momentum swings in a season under Scott Schaefer. Right. I mean, it, right. You can kind of there like, are more momentum swings in that game Saturday than in a season. Yes. Football is more predictable than it is this year. <laughs> I mean, just just watching these games are really the last two and a half years. It, a game is never over. When Syracuse is involved, whether they're up by a lot or down by right. a lot, and football, football in 2018 is supposed to be more predictable than what Dino Babers does. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four is the number. Phone lines are open for the next 25 minutes. Then Floyd Little joins us at the top of hour number two. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Steven Seth back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We've got the Hall of Famer Floyd Little set to join us at the top of hour number two, about 20 minutes from now. And I know, Seth, that uh, that you're going to point to this outcome and you're going to be like, see, Steve, see? Yes, you told, I am. You, you exactly told me what that I'm going to do. You told me yes. the basement was seven wins for this season. Um, <laughs> yes. I stand by what I said. That's Obviously, fine. this this changes um, you know the potential. I think of this season. I still believe this team. Like 
as as good as they have looked through four the first four games and even the fifth game for that matter against Clemson, I think they're good enough to win seven games. I think they should win seven Look, games, and, and that's fine because I don't think UNC is good, and I don't think Wake Forest is good, and I don't think that uh, that Pitt, uh, uh, not Pitt, that uh, well, Pitt's not good, uh, but Louisville. I don't think Louisville is good. So you've got three games; two of them are at home. Uh, sure, uh, but that game, that game on on Saturday is the reason I picked them to go five and seven before the season started. It's the reason why I said take five, take seven wins and run when you asked me about that three weeks ago. And you know it's it's the reason why it's the reason why as we were going through that 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 activity last week I was just like what am I doing I'm going insane I just said that they're going to win nine games um, because I, I think that I think that anybody who's followed Syracuse football uh, I mean for me I'll say the last five six years but I think going back even further than that I, I think anybody who's followed Syracuse football recently knows they're going to lose games they shouldn't. They're going to lose games that they shouldn't at some point. And you know, I was I was thinking about this over the weekend uh, when we did the game when we did the game last week, right? And we said, oh well, they should beat Pitt, they should beat UNC, they should beat uh, Wake and Louisville, and then the other two are toss ups. There, there's a very real possibility that instead of counting those two toss ups as half wins, they're going to lose both of them, and they're going to lose a game that they should win. Well, they lost the game they should win, and they could still very easily lose that lose those two toss up games. And and I guess that's where I'm coming from when I when I when I make that pick. And and maybe I'm just the pessimist. Maybe I'm just the the guy who's down and and who looks at Syracuse football and says, well, they haven't been good in so long that I I can't trust them to be good until they are good. Uh, but. I, 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 yeah, you had the feeling that was coming. You had the feeling that was coming, whether whether it was last weekend, whether it's in two weeks for homecoming, whether it was at some point here, that game was coming at some point on the schedule. It just happened now. See, I, I don't look at myself as being pessimistic or optimistic. I look at myself as just being realistic. And I, I try to call it like I see it. And I know some people are going to look back on this this game and say, you know, see, I told you, Steve, you shouldn't say that this team is supposed to beat someone because this is what happens. And my response to that would be, no, I feel comfortable saying that Syracuse should have beaten Pitt. Do you feel comfortable saying Syracuse should have beaten Pitt? I do. I And I would say 95% of the fans who watch that game could objectively look at that game and say, you know what, Syracuse was the better team. Like, Syracuse should have won that game. But they didn't. So I think it's okay to expect that out of your team. You know, if you're a fan out there saying, well, this is why I don't, you know, say Syracuse should beat anybody, eventually you need to adjust your expectations. And I think we were at a point through five games where it was fair to adjust our expectations. Yeah, and and I I did adjust to an extent. I went from five to say, okay, let's let's say let's say seven now. But I, I didn't want to take that next step, maybe because I, I was still thinking that game was out there. That game where they were going to come out and lay an egg in a game that they should have won was still going to be out there. And and I think that if you're a Syracuse fan, you've got to hope that there's only one of these. First off, you, you've got to hope there's only one of these. But you've got to hope that's it. Okay, they got that out of their system. They're going to hit the bye week. And... You know, you would you would like to go into the bye week off of a win, but you know what? Maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world. You go into the bye week, you get all of this garbage out of your head, and then you move forward and, and you get a, another not very good team in UNC coming to the Dome to maybe get you back on track. I, I think that's got to be the outlook going forward. Yeah, you say you hope it doesn't happen again. The, the very next game you play, there's the opportunity for that, right? Exactly. I mean, North Carolina is, is coming off a bye. North Carolina is 1-3. and three. North Carolina is not good. Um, what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like? Um, you know, if if they fall behind in that game, 
If Syracuse falls behind? Yeah. Well, as we as we pointed out in the last segment, games are never over. No, no, I know that. But but what's the reaction in the dome if if UNC goes up ten nothing? I think the reaction is already before the game's even been played. The the reaction is already here. We go again. I I, re- I told you I went to the Bills game yesterday. I'm just going to yeah. tell you a quick story. I'm leaving the game and walking to the car. And somebody stops me in the in the parking lot as we're walking to the car. He's like, "Oh, you know, Stephen Fine from Channel Nine. So we, I, I, you know, talked to him for a second. He's from Syracuse, and we just watched the Bills win, mind you. Um, and, and he, he was asked, lamenting. He well, he was lamenting about the Syracuse loss, and oh man, I can't believe they lost that game. And you know, I thought this team was different, and and you know, it's, oh, here we go again, type of thing. Like that, it was that attitude, that mentality. And I don't blame him at all. And I know that that that's how most people feel today. That's how most people felt when they woke up on Sunday. Here we go again. And you just said, what's going to happen if they fall behind? I, I think that feeling is already there. Like I think the feeling is already there among the fan base that, oh man, I thought this season was different. Um, and what I'm saying is, I, I I think it still can be different. This team feels different. We talked about this at length last week, Seth. About you know, all right, if if you truly are different, then go show me you're different and win this game. Now they didn't, um, but they have an opportunity now with six games left. They can still show us that they're different. You know, it, it felt like on Saturday, they here can. we go again, it's the same old story with this program, but it's still, it, to me, it feels different, and it looks different, and I, I think at the end of the day, they get seven or more wins. Even though it's this 4-2 and two now, and you're looking at it and you're saying, well, Carolina and Louisville, and then, you know, what else? If they play like they did against Pittsburgh, you know, are they going to beat Wake Forest? Are they going to beat NC State, Notre Dame, BC? Probably not. You know, Wake Forest on the road, remember. they got to play better than that. I agree with you that it's still. I still think this team is different. I think they look different. I think it feels different. I think this team is better. They do have to prove it, and I think that that's what that's what Saturday's game was. Saturday's game was an opportunity to prove, yeah, we're different. We're we're not last year. We're not two years ago. We're going to go to Pittsburgh and win, and and they didn't. So now they're going to have to find another way to prove it. Is that is is proving it beating a bad team in the dome? I don't know. Is it? Going I don't know to if Wake that F- proves it. But but you get my point. Yeah. Is, it, is is proving it going to have to be? Hey, we got to go to Wake Forest and win and beat a bad team on the road. I'm not sure. Prove it to me is going at least three and three in the second half of the year. It's fair. That's what proving it would be because that's seven wins, and I think this team is better than a six and six. Let's go to a bowl game. I think it's seven and five is. Is the floor to me for this team, and I'm I'm going to stand by that, even though you know what we saw on Saturday might suggest otherwise. We do need to take a timeout. Back after this on ESPN Radio.